If you're thinking about outsourcing your IT support or changing your current IT provider, listen to this episode to learn the questions that you need to be asking. Welcome to TechSess, the show about helping you to get the right technology and cybersecurity in place to enable your business to be more safe and successful. I'm your host, Mark Riddell, Managing Director of M3 Networks. Over 140 businesses across the UK use us to put an end to staff complaints about frustrating IT problems. When you first start a business, you have to wear all of the hats. I remember back to the early days of M3 where you're literally almost feel like you're doing every job the business needs because you have to, right? The first few years, the early days, you, one, think you can do it all because you've not realized that you can't yet. Two, probably don't have the money to bring in external providers and experts to help you get things right. And you're just trying to survive in those first few early years. Here at M3, we started just off the back of the banking crisis in kind of 2009, that's when we started. So the world was a strange place. And for the first few years, businesses weren't really investing in technology. People were literally keeping the lights on and a lot of businesses were still just trying to survive, right? So it's quite easy to be involved in lots of things in those early days that you probably know that you're not going to be involved in as the business grows. And of course, one of those is IT. Those early years of running a business is like juggling multiple balls at once or spinning plates and sticks. And it's not the easiest task to do if you've ever tried to do it. And even if you think that you've got the hang of it, it always feels quite chaotic, right? Now, imagine you're running the business and you're also then handling all your IT at the same time. That's slightly less entertaining and a lot more stressful than spinning the plates. And quite often when we speak to new customers, they're at that point in their business where the IT is still being handled by the business owner and business has grown to a point where typically they get to round about maybe 10 to 15 employees. That is the kind of the sweet spot. I think less than 10 employees, you can get by doing your own thing when it comes to kind of technology. But once you break into the kind of double digit employee numbers, that's when things start to become a little bit more difficult. Not least because all your staff see you as the IT team. They are going to come to you when they can't log into their email, when they get an error message on the screen, when the printer doesn't work. To them, you are IT as well as their boss, as well as the HR team, as well as finance, as well as everything else, right? The office cleaner. But I can't help you with some of those problems, of course. I can definitely help you with one of them, and that is your IT support. So you get to that point where you're going to wake up one day and go, I just can't do this anymore. I need some help. And it might not just be because you don't want people to come and to be moaning at you about IT problems. It's often also because you realize that the business has grown, the business needs a little bit more structure, a bit more maturity, and you need to bring in those experts that kind of help you with that. Just like, you know, you do for your finance, your accountancy, you go and start working with a bigger, more experienced accountancy practice. You bring in an HR expert like we did. The minute you hire that one employee, you're going to need HR, right? 
so you start to bring in these other services and professional services is what we'll, we'll call them all. And IT is definitely one of those things. Usually when you're at that size of kind of 10 to 15 employees, IT isn't too much of a mess to be able to fix fairly easily. The problem is if you hang on to it for far too long, eventually it goes arms and legs and it becomes a bit of a mess. What a bit of a mess actually means is it's going to take more time and more money to get it fixed because chances are the systems that you've put in place and the way that you've been running things from an IT point of view are not the way that a professional IT company is going to want to do things. So any IT company that you speak to are going to assess what you've got in place, probably say what I'm saying here, which is well done, you've done a good job to get it to where it is. However, things need to change. And if you want to work with an outsourced IT provider, they're definitely going to want to maybe change a few things around from where that, that you're doing them. For example, if all your data is still being stored on like a, a local NAS server, a network attached storage device in the office, probably not a great idea from a business resiliency point of view. They might suggest, hey, we should get that data into SharePoint in the cloud so we can then back it up and access it from everywhere else and etc. If you're using a free email service that you got when you set up your website three years ago, they're probably going to suggest that you move to Office 365 and start to leverage all the benefits from some of these things. So you're definitely going to be investing in your IT, you're going to be spending a little bit more money, but you're, what you are doing is you're preparing your business for growth. You're preparing your business for more success because once you get these things right in the early days, it's way easier to then scale and to bring more people into the team. So I want to talk about some of the kind of main reasons that outsourcing your IT is kind of better than continuing to do it yourself. We all have heard that time is money and as a business owner, that's your most valuable asset. Your time is not best spent fixing IT issues. As a business owner, you're much better spending time on business strategy, your customers, your own growth plans and everything else. Having a reliable outsourced IT team, you can get back to doing what you do best and then let us handle all the tech headaches. You've heard the saying that you want to be working on your business, not in your business. Okay. And like I said, being the person that replaces the toner on the printer is not where your time is best spent. Secondly, you've got access to that expertise on tap. So tech moves fast, right? And if you're not paying attention to it, suddenly you can find out that your business has been left behind. I always describe that technologies like that, a massive cruise ship, it just keeps on moving. If you're standing in the dock and it's just sailing away, you might not think it's getting far away but it's too late to get on the ship now. And before you know it, it's heading over the horizon and that you're left in old technology. You can go quite deeper into that. And I've done some, or at least one other episode where I talk about having old tech or bad tech as a turn off for employees and that people want to work for businesses where they're using new modern tech and everything's good because that's down to people's job satisfaction and things. I'm not saying you have to give everyone a MacBook Pro. That's nice, obviously, but People want to be using new stuff. And also it shows to your customers and it shows to employees that you're actually investing in the business because there's a guaranteed way to know if a business owner isn't actually investing in the business to grow the business is by just looking at their technology. The technology will tell you everything because it moves quicker than anything else. And 
out-of-date technology stands out a mile. But having that dedicated team of IT experts means that it's not just about fixing stuff day to day. It's also about ensuring that you have that strategic advice. So you have an IT partner. So we describe our interaction with our customers as a partnership. We're not just here just to fix stuff when it breaks. That's a given. That's why often describe as business as usual. That's day to day. You have problems. Users have problems. They raise tickets. They get them fixed. That's fine. There's lots and lots of business out there that can help you with that. But a true IT partner is going to be much more strategic. They're going to be looking at your business as if it was their business. It's certainly how we look at our customers. If we are the IT team or we're the IT director role in that business, what would we be telling that business owner that they need to be thinking about to help them leverage technology to make the business more efficient, more competitive, ultimately more successful and bottom line, make more money because that's what most businesses are in business for despite everything else i love it when people say all these kind of great things about why they're in business but ultimately a business has to be profitable and it has to make money otherwise it doesn't exist right let's be honest with ourselves and say that's why we're all here in business because we want everyone in our business and ourselves to benefit from the success of the business and technology is a massive game changer for businesses that actually embrace it correctly next up i want to talk about saving money you might think if i'm bringing an it expert it's going to do all this stuff that it's going to cost me money right yes it is however hiring an in-house it team isn't cheap either and you certainly don't want to be going down that route typically once you get over a hundred users in a business that's the point where some businesses may consider hiring an in-house team you do see smaller businesses maybe in the 50 to 60 user upwards range where they have an in-house IT manager, in-house IT technician, but it's not as common. Usually once you get into kind of like the triple digits is where some businesses may consider hiring in an in-house IT team. I still don't think it's a great idea, even at that size, because you're not an IT company. You don't have anyone in your business that is an IT expert. So how can you possibly hire and manage an IT team when you're not IT experts yourself. What you do need to do then is hire an IT manager to manage the IT team. So the costs are just going through the roof, right? Does it make any sense? And typically in our world, so we class ourselves as an MSP and managed service provider, the typical ratio in the MSP world is one technician per 300 computers. So if you apply that ratio internally in your business, that would mean until you've got 300 computers, there's not enough work to keep one IT technician busy all the time. The problem with hiring someone that you don't know how to manage because you've not done the job, you don't know how to manage that, that technical role, is it's very easy for an IT person to make themselves look busy because they're sitting at a computer and you don't really know what they're doing, you don't understand what they're doing. It's not like someone who's doing a physical job, you can see that they've got nothing to do. But an IT person can appear to be very busy when they're doing nothing. If you're a business and you've got less than 300 computers, I would really question what your IT team are doing. They certainly should probably not enough work for them. And I've seen businesses where they have two, three technicians and they've got less than 100 staff. And I'm like, what are they actually doing all day, every day? This can't be enough things to do in this network that requires that many people. 
But that's the problem. If you're not that person, you don't know how to do their job or you don't know how to manage them doing their job, then it's very easy to end up spending a lot of money and not actually getting much for that. And I know some businesses like to create jobs and build a team and do it in-house, but trust me, it's definitely not the best way to do things. It's much better to bring in an outsourced company who has all the the skills and the knowledge and the depth of the team that you need and you don't have all the headache of wondering whether they're actually doing work or not. So outsourcing is the best way for the majority of businesses, unless you're dead against that and you want to hire an internal team, then go ahead. I'm not going to stop anyone obviously doing that, but just trust me, it's going to cost way more to kind of build an in-house team than it is to outsource. One of the things that we do to help businesses to find the right outsourced IT partner for the business is, and I'll bring you more on that soon, but first, here's Annie with a TechSS tech update. But first up, I just want to tell you a little bit about the IT services buyer's guide that we have. This is a free document on our website. You don't have to enter any information to get access to it. You just need to head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash buyer's guide and you'll be able to click the link and get the download. And this is going to give you loads of information to help you understand the questions that you need to ask any potential IT partner in your business or indeed just go back and ask these questions to your existing IT company and then you can help find out whether you're being served correctly and whether there's any gaps in the IT support services that you are being offered. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hey, it's Annie with your latest tech update. Windows 11 is already a game changer, right? But it looks like it's about to get even better. If the rumours are right, there are loads of upgrades coming soon to your operating system. There's an improved snipping tool with text actions that let you copy text straight from a screenshot. A new quick redact function makes it easy to hide sensitive information. A new phone link feature makes syncing with Android devices seamless. Your Photos app is now smarter than ever too. A new background blur option has been added for a professional touch, as well as a content search capability that lets you search photos based on content and location, even across Apple's iCloud. Editing video is going to become easier too. There's no official date for these features yet, but if you haven't already upgraded to Windows 11, now's the time. We can help you with that. Get in touch. That's your tech update. More next week. One of the things that we do to help businesses to find the right outsourced IT partner for the business is to provide some guidance and some information that allows you to make the right decision for your business. Because let's be honest, most people choose an IT company based on which sales guy they like the best. You might go out and invite three or five businesses, IT businesses to come in and have a chat with you. How do you pick one? It's really difficult, right? Most people aren't very experienced in choosing an IT company because businesses don't change IT provider that often. Even if you've been in business for 10 years, you may never have changed your IT provider. I speak to businesses where they say, yeah, we've used the same IT company since day one. Or you might have been through two or three IT companies, but doing something two or three times over a space of 10 years is not 
very often at all, right? It's not often enough to make you very good at it. So how do you decide who to find? Definitely don't pit the sales guy who had the best jokes when he turned up. Don't pit the guy who turned up with the box of Krispy Kreme donuts, right? Although we do that sometimes, but not for the reasons that we expect people to buy from us because we turned up and gave them donuts, right? What you want to do is have some sort of way of evaluating the difference between different IT companies. So you kind of want a system. You want to have some questions that you want to make sure you ask all of them and gain the answers. It's that whole, you want to compare apples with apples, right? Because quite often people will say, tell me why we should move our IT support to you. And I'm like, this is great because now I can say whatever I want. What they should be doing is they should actually be asking me questions that then they're asking to everybody and then it gives them a set of questions and answers that they can evaluate. What did they say when we asked them that? What did they say when we asked them that? Oh, we liked what they said better than what they said. But if you just open up a blank canvas and allow the sales guy to talk, then that's free reign for them to say whatever they want and also maybe avoid telling you the things that they don't want you to know, right? But if you ask a direct question, you expect a direct answer. In our IT services buyer's guide, which is a free download and we'll, we'll link in the show notes, the URL is actually quite easy to remember, so I'll tell you as well. It's m3networks.co.uk forward slash buyer's guide. We've got a lot of stuff in there that's going to help you to get better at buying IT. So we want you to become an, an expert in how to buy IT services. And I'm not going to talk about everything that's in the guide because one, that'll be, mean that you don't have to go and download it. Two, it'll mean that this episode is two hours long and no one wants to listen to me for that amount of time. So what I'm going to do is just talk about my favourite part in the buyer's guide, which is chapter five, which is called why you should be highly sceptical of all IT support companies. Now, you think that's a really strange thing to put in there when we're trying to sell IT support, right? But the whole point is, is, is that this guide is for you because I do care actually who your IT company is. And of course, I'd love everyone to work with us at M3 Networks. What I do really care more about is that you actually make an informed decision and you can find and work with the best IT company for your business. And that might not be us. And that's the whole point about this guide because as much as I want businesses to move their IT support to my business, M3 Networks, I don't want the wrong businesses to want to come and work with us either. So it's a two-way thing, right? This is a relationship. It's a partnership. So if what I'm saying here today and what we have in the buyer's guide helps you to decide that we are not a fit for you and someone else is, that's great because then it's done its job and it probably wouldn't have worked out anyway. So it's about finding your people, as they say. So you probably don't know what you don't know about IT. I think that's something that makes sense. It's a fair assumption, right? And talking about the sale about staying up to date. So you're not going to concern yourself with making sure that you are reading the latest tech news. You're keeping up to date with things. You're worrying about that latest software update that just came out. You're too busy doing what you're doing best. You only want to talk about IT when something's going wrong, right? And you're probably keeping up to date with everything in your industry. You probably read maybe industry magazines, blogs, you maybe go to trade shows and everything else, training and everything else that you would do in your business because you're an expert in your field. 
because that's what experts do. And you don't have all the time that you need to do that for your IT too. This is the same goes for us. You wouldn't expect your clients to know as much about your area of expertise as you do. Of course not, because that's why you're hiring them, right? You can take pity on me in this if you want or not. But the biggest problem that I have and when it comes to IT support is that, and this still shocks a lot of people, is that IT is an unregulated industry. There's no governing body that people have to pass through or certification that people have to complete to be allowed to call themselves an IT support company or an IT professional. There's no industry standards that have been set and there's no guidelines on how the business must operate. Just about anybody can actually set themselves up and say they're an IT support company, there's nothing stopping them. However, just recently actually, our friends over at Scotland is have produced the MSP Charter. They are trying to establish some sort of standards that MSPs will hold themselves to and at MT Networks we have signed up to the Charter and we have our logo and badge and stuff that we can use to say that, that we, are, we are part of this and we're working to these high standards. But it doesn't stop anyone from literally saying, hey, we're an IT support company, we're an IT professional. And the weird thing about that is, is that no one questions it. People just say, yeah, an IT support company. No one actually delves into what certifications and stuff they have. It's because why would you? You wouldn't probably know what the certifications would need to be. This is why I'm saying you should be highly skeptical of all IT companies, because without asking the right questions, you simply don't know if you're putting your trust in the security of your business in the hands of a reputable, honest company, or is it just someone working out of a spare bedroom in his parents' house, or a bedroom warrior, as kind of we like to call them. Now, there's nothing wrong with that kind of one-band person. Do we still still say one-man band? I don't know. Typically though, let's be honest, in the IT industry, it is still wrongly male-dominated, but that's another topic for another day. But typically, there's those bedroom warriors, the one-man bands out there, and there's nothing wrong with that because everyone has to start somewhere. And if you're a small business and you have really small IT requirements, that might be the most cost-effective solution for you. Quite often, actually, a lot of businesses that we start working with are in that situation where the business has grown. They didn't go straight to like an outsourced kind of larger kind of MSP IT support provider like us. They went to like a local one person IT support business and they've been working with them for a while and then they kind of they outgrow them and then they get to the point where they go, we need someone that's a bit bigger and a bit more set up to help us go forward. So how can you avoid choosing the wrong IT support company? One thing you need to look at is, do they have the right kind of accreditations, experience, et cetera, et cetera. So again, remember this is an unregulated industry, so you need to do a bit of legwork if you want to end up with the best possible IT partner. Next thing you need to do is you ask them some difficult questions. So I said earlier, if you just invite someone in and just have, you don't have any questions to ask them because you don't know what questions to ask them, you're just going to get a blank canvas and you're going to get the, the salesperson giving you their pitch, which is going to be everything that you want to hear. And you're going to make a decision based off of that. But what I'm going to do for you today is to give you some idea on some of the questions that you should be asking to actually drill down into finding out whether this is the right IT company for you. Now, these are not questions to make the person squirm in their chair, but you want to make sure they're going to deliver on what you need. And asking difficult questions is the only way to make sure you're going to make the right choice. So 
Again, these are all in the buyer's guide. So if you go and download this, you'll be able to get all of this. I'm not going to go through it in too much detail in this episode. So here comes the questions that you need to ask any IT company that you're considering working with. So the first question that you should ask any IT company that you're considering working with is how quickly will our problems be fixed? Obviously, they'll say this depends because it depends on the scale of the problem, but you need to know some sort of time frames based on severity. So how long will it take them to respond to your issues in the first place? So quite often, I actually heard one recently where someone said, yeah, it takes like, can it take up to three weeks for us to get acknowledgement on a support request? And that's just like nuts, right? Who can wait three weeks? Quite often, it's not uncommon to hear two or three days. That is where a lot of IT support businesses are operating at. So you want to ask them, how long will it take to, to acknowledge the problem? How long will it take before someone starts working on my problem? Now, of course, it varies. It varies from day to day, depends on the number of tickets. If your IT company suddenly has two people off sick, someone's on holiday and someone's car broke down in the way to the office, and now they're short-staffed on a Monday morning, yeah, it's going to take a bit longer in those situations, right? But those are the kind of once in a blue moon scenarios. But on a typical day, what does it look the service look like? For example, for us, it, it varies. Some weeks we are 21 minutes. That's what how long it took before someone started working on your issues. The next week it might be 34 minutes or 45 minutes. Now, I did an episode recently on why SLAs are bullshit. And that's a really good episode to go and listen to after this one. Because... You probably don't care. Like if it takes 21 minutes this week and 34 minutes the next week, you don't really care. That doesn't really affect your business too much. If it suddenly goes from 21 minutes to nine hours, now there's a problem. So you probably want to see some data from them. One of the things that we do in these kind of sales meetings with potential customers is we actually bring that information to the table. We've already got the answers to the questions that we know they should ask. And here's the thing. Even if the customer doesn't ask us or the prospect doesn't ask us about a response rate time, we make sure we tell them. When they're having discussions after we've walked out of the room and they're going, yeah, who do we like? Who do we want to work with? And someone goes, I really like that guy because he's the guy that bought us the Krispy Kreme donuts. Someone's going to go, yeah, but M3 Networks just told us they respond in 21 minutes. We've got no idea how long these other guys respond. Like that guy with the Krispy Kreme donuts, it might take them three days to get back to us. We'd have finished all the donuts by the time they'd respond. Look at the different scenarios. Like, so if you couldn't access your software, how long would it take them to get you logged back in again? If you had a network outage and someone had to come out on site, how far away are they from your office? Could they get someone on site within like an hour or two? Would you be happy to wait till the next day? You kind of also need to know what you're looking for and what your expectations are. So you do need to get into the weeds on this and drill down on it. So you remember, you're not judging them on the problem because quite often I think that you know some people seem to think that IT people cause problems like we're just sitting around causing problems for people no we're not we're here to fix and respond to problems so it's how we respond to the problem and how quickly we're going to basically get your business back up and running next question I would suggest you ask them is what are they doing proactively to make sure that your business has fewer interruptions. Like downtime is a business killer, right? Especially if you're a manufacturing business, you'll know exactly what downtime costs, probably even down to the hour of lost production, the impact this will have. So you'll have seen it for yourself at some point, 
where the internet goes down and people can't access the software because everyone's using stuff online and on the cloud so you can't get access to the software that they need to do their job the office is in chaos even people that aren't relying on the internet stop doing what they're doing the coffee machine goes into overdrive you know everyone forgets about their job for a while and they make the most of that unofficial break oh the internet's down oh we can all just sit about and do nothing now right but then when things are back up and running again people don't immediately get back to business because their conversations are finished systems have to maybe be rebooted and then everyone has to get back into like kind of work modes and that often even takes more time so what was a 15 minute internet average actually loses you like 90 minutes of work per employee and that's if it's a minor problem so you want to think about what your potential IT support partner can do to minimize that downtime so what things will they be doing even when there's not a problem the proactive stuff to make sure that these kind of things don't happen for example would they suggest putting in a backup internet connection maybe like a 4g or a 5g sim card in your router so your main line goes down you carry on working you don't even really notice that something's happened so these are the kind of like proactive things that you want a, a potential IT partner to be thinking about to make sure that you don't have a problem with your IT. But here's one thing that you do need to be wary of, and this is not something that applies to all IT people, but some IT people like it when their customers have a problem because they like to swoop in like the superhero, fix the thing, and then get the praise for it. Some IT companies like it when their customers have problems because it makes them look good. It justifies their existence. Because here's the thing, do you want to pay an IT company and have no IT problems? Or do you want to pay an IT company and always be having problems because it somehow justifies you paying them? It's bizarre when you think about it. I would much rather pay an IT company and not have any IT issues at all, knowing that the reason I don't have any IT issues is because they're doing their damn job, right? Like, they don't have any problems. Like, I pay a guy to service my car so that I don't break down at the side of the motorway. I don't want to break down and have to phone the AA and sit there for two hours in the rain waiting for them to turn up. I'd rather not have the problem in the first place. Proactive is a word that's used a lot in this industry, but actually not a lot of actual companies walk the walk when it comes to that. The third thing, so let's make it a three, right? Because I like power of threes, right? So let's, I'm going to pick another one out of this, and that is how will you keep on top of the constant changes in my business? So here at M3, we have account management. We have account managers that meet with our businesses and our customers on a regular basis to make sure that a few things, importantly, that we are staying up to date on what's going on in our customers' businesses because we need to know what's changing, right? You know, some businesses don't change that often. Some businesses change week to week. We've got some businesses that grow quickly and they're always onboarding new staff and things are changing we've got some customers where they've stayed they've been the same size for the last five years and that's fine but we still need to meet with everyone to make sure that what we're providing to you and the advice that we are giving you is relevant current and is fit for purpose for your business i still hate to bring it up but look at covid the pandemic a lot of businesses changed and were forced to change right that's something that happened that you didn't plan for that and let's be honest, IT has kept a lot of businesses operating through that time. So what you want to get from this is how does your potential IT partner handle this? How do they make sure that they stay engaged and up to date on what's going on in your business? Because it very much is a partnership. So you want to make sure that they're keeping track of what's going on in your business, the growth, the changes, things so that 
they can suggest ways to help you grow and improve and obviously stay secure from latest cyber threats and everything else like that. So you want an IT company that's going to take an active interest in what's going on in your business with like regular catch-up sessions. So we call them business reviews. We have some customers where we would meet every quarter with them. We have some customers where it's twice a year. And we've got those customers where we just need that kind of annual kind of check-in, maybe a smaller business or the customer doesn't see the need to have to meet so often. So it's really down to what suits your business best. But the important thing is, is that it happens. And the reason that, you know, stress this point is because a lot of IT companies don't have account management. They don't have anyone else. They literally will have their technicians that you will deal with on a day-to-day basis. Those are not the people that are going to handle your account management meetings. Technicians are not the best people to do that. Our account managers are not technical people. Our account managers there, let's be honest, if we were in America, they'd be called customer success managers or something like that. And effectively, that's what it is. The way I describe it, and I even say that to our internal team, is that our account managers are our customers' representation inside our business. They are there for the sole purpose of making sure that our customers are happy engaged and getting the best from their investment with our business because we acknowledge that people spending a good amount of money to engage with a professional services company like us and we want to make sure and we actively work to make sure that our customers feel looked after and that they're getting the value from that service and that's really important so there's loads of other stuff in the buyer's guide go and get your copy it's a free pdf to download if you want, I do have hard copies printed out of this. If you'd want me to stick one of those in the post so you've got something that you can actually sit and read through yourself, then just get in touch with me and on my usual places, drop me a message on LinkedIn and I'll happily send one out, them out to you in the post absolutely free. Yeah, you can use that information when it's you're in those meetings with your potential IT partner. Make sure you ask them all these questions and obviously make sure you write down all their answers too. So this week's intriguing intel of the week. The intriguing intel of the week is where I share a fun tech fact, something you probably don't know and pretty sure it's going to be something that you tell all of the other guys in the office about. And I'm happy for you to steal that you know this and it didn't just come from just listening to the TechSess podcast. So you can look really smart to your colleagues. The first ever webcam was deployed at Cambridge University in 1991. And it was set up to monitor a coffee pot after scientists were fed up finding it empty. Giggle Bites. So Giggle Bites is where I share my favourite tech-related joke of the week. An SEO expert walks into a bar, bars, pub, tavern, public house, Irish pub, drinks, beer, alcohol. If you'd like a quick chat with me, about anything I've discussed in this episode, or you have a specific question about any aspect of your IT or cybersecurity, you can book a call in my diary. Just head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash meetmark. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app for future episodes, where I'll dive deeper into other IT and cyber related topics. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk. Okay. Okay.